Hello and welcome to the Marysville Journal Tribune podcast. This episode is brought to you by Axiona Energia, bringing solar power to Union County and the Buckeye State. My name is Michael Williamson, and I'm here today with Tim Miller, sports editor of the Journal Tribune, Chad Williamson, managing editor, Alexi Pavlov, sports editor of the Richwood Gazette, Bob Putman, sports writer, Marysville Journal Tribune. All right, so we are in week eight. We're going into week eight. Eight. That's that always confuses me. This one week off thing, but yeah. Uh, and you got to mention the biggest highlight, though, the fact that this will be the first podcast where we've actually got a sponsor. Yes. Which is we've been at this for a little over a year now, yeah, and it's and crazy and, to think that it has been over a year. Yeah. We we did football season last year. We did news topics in between right. for the months in between, and and. A little bit of sports. With, 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 yes, with sports updates for the other seasons. And then we slowly grew listenership up to the point where we we finally got a sponsorship. And, you know, it's not – I'm not privy to financials or anything, but it's just nice to have, you know – This could mean – you know, for people listening, this – could end up meaning things like maybe you know perhaps down the road we get a little bit more uh, options in terms of what we can do. Obviously, this this time around we introduce things like um, you know going and interviewing the coaches, kind of being there on site, talking to them, and maybe uh, you know having a sponsorship, having somebody kind of behind us will allow us to be able to do things like that, and, talk to more people, and, and yeah, just and hopefully improve the quality of. I mean, I think a sound is good, but it takes a lot of work to get it even up to good. <laughs> Michael does a lot of work behind the scenes with levels. And, I mean, most – he's got three different recordings, and he's got to smush them together into one thing that sounds usable. So it takes a lot of work to get it there. So Well, people it's, have to realize that we're rank amateurs with the emphasis we were, on the word well, rank. Well, I we mean, started well, – honestly, we started with zero knowledge. I mean, I, yeah. I resisted doing a podcast even though, you know, the publisher wanted it done. And, and he was right. We do have the knowledge to do it, and that's what podcasts are. So we had the worst part, but it was the technical side of it. But right. so we've kind of ham and egged it through that until we've gotten to something more usable, and it, it'll it will be nice if we can, you know, kind of get the the sound quality. If you know, now that we have a sponsorship, which my goodness, we greatly appreciate. We've <laughs> talked for months about it would be so nice, you know, uh, to be able to uh, put a little bit, you know. Not a lot, just a little bit of money yeah, into this, just to just to make things easier and a little more uniform, so we can really just concentrate on what we're saying as opposed to right. how we're trying to get it recorded. So you know, it's it's a great. I know it, it made us exceptionally happy. Right. You know, to do the <laughs> podcast and in the newsroom to be able to to have somebody uh, jump on and, and and sponsor the podcast now. So I suppose enough. Enough of that. We can. Right, nobody we can. else. Nobody else out there wants to listen to that. <laughs> right. Please keep talking about the sponsor. Yeah. So yes, back into the football conversation. Tim, where do you want to start? Well, we're going to start with a game that occurred last Friday night between two local teams. Uh, it was Fairbanks' homecoming. It was one of three homecomings we had last Friday. Chad did an excellent job of putting three homecoming pictures, oh, spacing them out boy, on page oh one. Three. <laughs> it's always all his. All different shapes, all different yeah, sizes. It's, it's his favorite Saturday of the year. Yep, I love, I love queens, kings, <laughs> crowns. All types of royalty. He was practicing his wave, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, Triad went to Fairbanks, and there's no other way to say it. They just put it to the Panthers, 40-6. to six. And there was not much that Fairbanks could do. Triad controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Um, Awesome Miller, they ripped his jersey into, but he came back with another number at halftime and (laughs) finished. Sold both halves. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know. Maybe that's his way of doing the at, him and signed him after that. NIL deal. But uh, he rushed for 178 yards and scored four touchdowns. And he was just – there was nothing Fairbanks could do defensively to stop him. And on the other side of the ball, there was nothing Triad couldn't do to stop Fairbanks. They just – they shut down Fairbanks' running game and just completely – completely dominated that game it was when it was 21 to nothing i was thinking uh oh we really have maybe been 
undervaluing Triad, even though we've talked him up the last few weeks. And no, then that's and not not yeah. Alexei. Yeah. But but then. Well, I'll say, but we all I think we all saw Triad all trending saw it, that yeah. way. Yeah. But I will also say this. And our pigskin picker column, I think only Alexi took him. Exactly. Like, we may have talked him up and said they could beat Fairbanks, but in the end, the rest of us still took Fairbanks with, like, more tradition and, yeah. you know, uh, more players. You know, we – so we can't toot our own horns that, well, we saw this one coming. No. we. You could feel triad getting better and maybe Fairbanks trending the wrong way, but when it came time to put our money where our mouth was, we all still kind of punted back to – what we were comfortable with. Well, I would. I, I was still after you know tri- Fairbanks lost by seven points to West Liberty the week before. You know they were going down for a potential go-ahead touchdown. And I threw a pick six, so I thought, well, Fairbanks made a good showing against a, a good West Liberty team. I thought, yeah, you know, we'll see what. I really thought Fairbanks would beat Triad, but Triad just didn't beat. Fairbanks, they manhandled them. And that was Patrick Cotter said it best. He came up to me after the game and he said, Triad just took it to us. When, and that when was awesome all he get, could say. When Awesome gets that many yards, is he running through big holes or is he doing a lot of the work on his own? It's a little bit of both. The offensive line, they had five seniors uh, on the line the last few weeks and they, they've been That's doing a, a very, very good job of getting him some breathing room but he, he doesn't need much breathing room. no he does no, just no he a does. little seal a little as Vince Lombardi would say a seal here and seal there and up the alley and that well he's but he's a sophomore so yeah. you know they'll be seeing this for two more years hopefully if if they're all seniors in front of him I hope I hope the next two years they can keep yeah putting good linemen ahead of him because I mean if they really get a good line ahead of mm-hmm. somebody that talented my goodness well and again, once he would get through the holes, if if somebody, uh, a safety or a linebacker, came up to to go at him head to head, Awesome's the type of guy he could do a little shift and shim, and he could break their ankles, and he would be around them, mm-hmm. and he was off to the races. There yeah. was just there was just no stopping him that he, night. He's a very balanced type runner too. Like like you said, like he can make moves like in uh-huh. space, but he can also like run you over if he mm-hmm. really if yeah. he really wants to. Yeah. What's his size? He's six one, one eighty maybe. Yeah. That's, big, that's a big sophomore. Yeah, that is a big sophomore and he's fast. He's he's a heck of a wrestler too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's balance. That, yeah. That goes to balance. Usually it pays dividends for linemen, but yeah, you know, Colton Powers, same way for Marysville. He's a he's a state placer yeah. wrestler, and and he has very good. He's tough to take down. He's he's got good balance. Yeah. Well, and, and putting that game behind Fairbanks, uh, these last three weeks are their OHC gauntlet that we've talked about. We, talk, we said that to start the year that they needed. Yeah, they needed to have a nice record coming into that. Yeah. those last three games because they're at Mechanicsburg this Friday. Then they end up with two home games, respectively, against West Jefferson and Northeastern. Northeastern. Northeastern's tough. Northeastern is a bear, from what I understand. And West Jefferson's got a lot of tradition there, three and four right now, I believe. But uh, you know they're always going to give you a tough game. And Mechanicsburg, they're trending the wrong way, but they're yeah, still Mechanicsburg. Yeah, Mechanicsburg's five and two. And Mechanicsburg seems to be one of those teams that has gotten into Fairbanks' head over mm-hmm. the years as far as football. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it doesn't matter how good of a team Fairbanks has. It just seems like Mechanicsburg is just one or two steps ahead of them. The good news is since really since that Luke Bryan concert over there, just doesn't seem like they've been the same team. They haven't played quite as well, and I don't know what what that you know. Must well, like maybe a couple, maybe the guy, like, maybe a couple of the guys went on the road uh, with who, Luke Bryan. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, maybe they're, they yeah, took jobs like, as roadies. I yeah. don't know, but uh, but like since then, it's weird. Since around that time, it seems like they've they've kind of stubbed their toe a couple of times. Haven't been the same Mechanicsburg team, yeah. so you never know if you know Fairbanks Fairbanks needs. They're probably going to need two out of three wins to get any kind of. Where are they at right now in the region? They're 18th. So they're going to. They're yeah, probably going to have to get two out of. They're probably going to. 
I don't know that Wes Jeff will get them enough to get them in there if they're one out of yeah. one and two. I think they're going to have to beat McCann because I don't think I don't know that they have a prayer against the Northeastern. Northeastern's hammering. Yeah, I, I would say I would think. Of course, with taking sixteen teams in each region now, you don't know that what team yeah. above you may yeah. stumble. True, but I would say they would almost have to be five, at least five and five, going into the if they get a playoff berth. Yeah. But uh, the the one thing that's in Fairbanks's favor Friday night is. Mechanicsburg's not going to pull out any secret game plan against them. They're just going to line up behind their offensive line and run and just say, try to stop us. Their quarterback, a young man by the name of Jalen, Jaden Roland, is their top runner. He's got 460 yards through seven games. He's not going to be a great concern with his passing numbers. They haven't thrown the ball. He's only thrown the ball 53 times. But he's averaging six yards a carry, and he's uh, scored four touchdowns. They've got two other running backs, Gabe Hersey and Charlie Bradford, who both have six touchdowns. So they run with a lot of power, and they can out, get on the edges and get by people quickly. Yeah, if, so, you're five and, if you're 5-2 and two and you're a run-first run team and you're – Leading ground gainers got 400. That means you got a bunch of guys. Yeah, you that got, have two and 300. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but they do have a young man who's uh, fourth in the conference uh, in reception yards with 428. That's on 11 catches. So 53 is not a terrible amount for him to have thrown. That's no. I mean, but but they're gonna they want to run the ball first, and 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 their running game can soften. Uh, teams up for their play action passes. But uh, Patrick said that the Panthers are going to have to fill in those gaps and the linebackers can't let anybody get past them. Uh, if that happens, it could be a long evening for Fairbanks. But, uh, you know, Fairbanks has had a problem with some injuries over the last few weeks. Some starters have been out. But Patrick's the type of guy who's not going to use that as an excuse. He says, with the, you know, the guys we have playing, they, if they do what we need to do, he says, I think we'll be okay. But he says uh, we, we've got to eliminate penalties and turnovers, and they had a lot of their series stalled or stopped by penalties or turnovers last week against Triad. But uh, uh, as you know, Fairbanks got off to a very promising start by winning their first two games, but their three victories have not. None of them have been what I would call quality wins. They've beaten Cardington, who's won maybe two or three games. They beat Indian Lake, who's 0-7. Who thought Indian Lake would be 0-anything, yeah. you know? Indian Lake made good strides. Yeah, and, of course, they beat Madison Plains, which has been 0 for mm-hmm. the last four years, I think, something like that. They're, they're going to be 0-11 on a 10-game season. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid so. Uh, sorry, Mac. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, Fairbanks doesn't have any quality wins. If if they could, if they could somehow scratch out two wins over the next three weeks, which that's going to take some doing, I'm afraid, especially with the guys they got, some guys they've got dinged up. We had a lot of hopes for Fairbanks coming in the season yeah, with, all, with the yeah. depth they had at at on offense. Mm-hmm. Like we really had a lot of a lot of hopes for them, and it's and I covered them second week of the season when they beat Indian Lake and of course I didn't realize at that time how bad Indian Lake was going to be I was just going on Indian Lake's past reputation and Fairbanks just ran them up and down the field I thought well maybe we got something here well you know Marysville can't stop by New Albany and looked yeah like they were going to have trouble and they've turned into a pretty good team it's all about early season matchups to be able to tell I'd like to have that New Albany game back right now but uh, Fairbanks definitely has a a tough road to hoe. What's Triad got out ahead of them? Uh, they've got. Do you know? Somebody uh, look that n- up. Not, not off the top of my head, but they, they've got a similar three, a tough three-game stretch too. Uh, as they far as have, they know how the mechanics work, because they've played them. Yeah, right? they've yeah. played them. Well, they played, and they played Springfield Catholic Central. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got some of their. Yeah, my guess would be they've got winnable games out ahead of them. You know, yeah. um, fun fun fact about 
Catholic Central's last game, they lost to Cedarville, which Triad actually beat very handily. So maybe maybe Catholic Central is not who we thought they were either. But they're yeah. still six and zero. I mean, well, Triad Triad hosts West Jefferson this Friday. Then they go play at Northeastern. Oh, okay. And then they finish up with West Liberty Salem. So that's okay. so that's they got a tough. That's, yeah, that's that, they, they've got a, a, a similar type yeah. of gauntlet, for lack of a better word, that Fairbanks has got. Uh, that win over uh, Fairbanks, though, tried actually bumped up to number ten in the same region, I'll region twenty four. I bet they can beat West Jeff. I, I think they Triad, can. I think they're. Con- I think they're playing confident now. I think that. I think beating Triad or beating Fairbanks was the that thing was, they needed. They they'd been hanging with teams, hanging mm-hmm. with teams, and I think be. I think beating a near county, in county, near county rival like that. Well, I th- I, th- I think another another interesting tidbit and um, is that West Jeff's starting quarterback is injured right now, so there's a question mark on on his name being available and. I heard through the grapevine with the training staff um, that their possibly their their JV quarterback might be uh, injured as well. So who knows might who might be taking the helm for West. It'll Jeff. be a wildcat. It'll be yeah. a wildcat. <laughs> they'll be they'll run from the wildcat. Yeah. If Triad can beat West Jefferson on Friday, that would put that would even them up at four and four. And they're in pretty good shape as far as the play. They're in good shape right now. But beating West yeah. Jefferson would give them. I don't. They can't go zero and three. I don't think. I don't know. And, no. and they, that West West Liberty. I haven't looked enough into there. But West Liberty is generally tough. I know they've stubbed their toe a little bit. They, they stubbed their toe years. last year, but um, they've really come back. You know, you don't um, want to. I don't think you want to go into that last game. I mean, because Northeastern's. That's going to be a that, big that's, test. Yeah. But I don't think they want to. I don't think Triad wants to slip down this week. Lose to West Jeff and then half, you know. Then go into that last do, game right. having to beat That's West That's exactly right. West, well, the uh, thing West is Liberty. that you talk yeah. about the, the finishing schedule for both teams, uh, Triad's got to feel much more confident coming off what they've done the last couple sure. weeks. Than Absolutely. What Fairbanks has done the Absolutely. last two weeks. You know, we so. smelled it. Like, they were, they were playing well against good teams, Triad was, but they just hadn't broken through. And then they did. And when they did, they did it in a big way, you know, right in Fairbanks' face. Yeah. I smelled something last Friday night, but I won't say what. So <laughs> let's talk about those mighty monarchs. I mean, that yeah. that was huge, huge. I, I said last week that even though Jerome was state-ranked number one in the region, if you looked at the game-by-game breakdown, like, they weren't just manhandling teams. They had four of their six wins were by one touchdown – so, and man, Marysville came out and, you know, they, they for people who didn't see, they beat Jerome, previously unbeaten Jerome, 49 to 28, and just ran for 420 yards in the game. Marysville only punted one time. You know, I guess right up top, we should say Colton Powers sets the Marysville single game touchdown record with six touchdowns in that game you know tim called uh tim, tim had to get on the horn and call tim marysville Davison. historian tim davison and he thankfully on friday night answered us back kind of late and said yeah there were two guys had gotten five touchdowns one in 2011 or 12 and then one in 1930 was <laughs> another guy that got five so so six is the new standard he had 175 yards to go with that you know it wasn't like he was just getting the ball at the two and plunging in every mm-hmm. time you know he was he was ripping off some some nice chunks of yardage you know who really got the shaft in the game is griffin johnson he he runs for 126 yards um, and then had 92 receiving, so he had two over 200 all-purpose yards and a touchdown. But under the under the spotlight of six touchdowns for Colton Powers, it's a little hard to <laughs> you know hard to shine. Yeah, that's tough to have that kind of game that Griffin had and then be overshadowed. Yeah, it's but, that's I mean 200 yards and a touchdown. You know, for a lot of guys is a career game, and then Colton's sitting there with six touchdowns. You know, Nasir Smith had a nice game too. He had yeah almost 80 yards on nine carries and. Does a lot of good things for them in the return game, picking up balls and and squeezing out yards 
important yards on punts and kickoffs that, you know, turn a 90-yard drive into only a 70-yard drive. He has become such a weapon for Marysville. And going into this season, he had never played football nope, before. never played. He is, he is all speed, man. He's, it was, he's it not was, the biggest guy in the world, but he is fast. It was such an unknown that on a lot of other teams, he would be a surefire MVP candidate. But then you've got the two big dogs in front of him. But yeah. you can't underestimate the value that Smith has added to that team this year. Yeah, yeah, he's a real – he takes some of that some of that outside speed weight off of Griffin Johnson. I think coming into the year, everybody knew Colton Powers was going to be playing both ways, and they were mm-hmm. looking for a way to get him off the field some on offense. But Griffin Johnson hadn't played a ton of defense in other years, but he's playing a lot now with troubles in the pass coverage game. He's playing a lot of both ways, so it's nice that – Nasir can get in there sometime and take a little bit of that outside speed game. Yeah. Is Smith a track guy or? I don't know if he runs track or not. He should. <laughs> well, he's fast. He's he a didn't burner. run this past year. Now, is, is this? He's a senior, but is this his first year at Marysville? I can't I, you know, remember. I don't know if it's his first year at the school. But I, he I did not remember. run track last year that I remember. Uh, if I'm Luke Sundemeyer, I'm going up to right. him. Okay. See so if you might want to think about it. Yeah, uh, join us for indoor track yeah. this winter, and we'll. Chad, we'll see I'm, what you can do. I'm just curious, how did it start? Did, did Marysville come right out, and was the game plan to run? I mean, well, they always want to run the ball, but uh, what was the, what was it like for them to come right out uh, at the beginning of the game they, against? They pushed them. They pushed them around at the line of scrimmage. Marysville only threw the ball four times. Um, Brady Seager was three for four, and obviously 92 yards and yeah. a touchdown. You know that's pretty efficient. And Seager also ran the ball. I said for the last couple of weeks, I think the biggest improvement in Marysville quarterback Brady Seager's game has been when he pulls the ball down and runs. Early in the season, he was pulling the ball down and taking a sack or throwing the ball away. Now he's gotten more confidence. I think he ran for 37 yards this week, which is, you know, in the scope of some of those other numbers, isn't a big deal. But nearly 40 yards is important, especially Mm -hmm. situationally. You're dropping back a lot of times when it's third and 10 or something. So if you pick up 12 yards – you know, the, you're, you're moving the chains, and he's doing that now. And that's something he didn't do last year. He didn't no. have to do last no. year, basically. But also, in looking at the stats, it doesn't look like the – I mean, Marysville got a lot of big games off the ground because, you know, 24 carries for Powers, you know, 15 or, or 16 or 18 winners for Johnson. So They ripped off they, a couple big ones here and there. But it sounded like they just no, pounded them, pounded them, pounded them. You know, and a lot of that's the offensive line, the growth, that offensive line. You know, you know, it was homecoming, but Jerome came in as, uh, you know, state-ranked. Marysville's line is, has really, really gelled. I mean, the running backs are, are doing their work, but, like, when I'm taking pictures and we put them in the paper, there's big holes there too. So they're getting to that second level before they have to find contact. And and I tell you, if you want to know the confidence that, I mean, I wrote about it my story Friday night, the confidence in the line comes in the fact that Marysville punted one time. On their second possession of the game, they punted. That was the only time they punted. Now, that's not to say they weren't in trouble. They, Marysville coach Brent Johnson, three times – went for it on fourth down at midfield or inside. He went he went for it on fourth and one at, at their own 44 with a 13-point lead in the third quarter, I think it was. Marysville gets stuffed right there. Dublin's got it on a short field with a chance to make it a one-score game. But that's the confidence he had in their ability to pick up one yard. That tells you everything you know you need to know about the way that running game was working. It, it was five yards guaranteed all night long. You know, he, he went for it in a one-score game in the first quarter, second quarter, I think, you know, up by one score right at the midfield stripe. And they got – they converted them all. They, they never they never stuffed him. And two of those – at least two of those, I believe, went for – they went on and scored touchdowns out of those. I think one might have been the punt, the one punt they had. But – he had all the confidence in the world. And he said, that's what he said to me after the game. I asked him, he said, you've seen me for six years. I like to punt the ball. I'm not the the riverboat gambler that's going to just go for it all the time. You know, he goes, we will punt and play a field position game. He goes, I do that by feel. And when I when he looked out there and saw 
what his line was doing, what his backs were doing, he had no problem, you know, sending them out there in fourth down. I'm telling you, a couple of those times I looked out there and went, oh, boy, situationally, situationally it didn't make sense. But physical-wise, the flow of the game, it, it, it made sense. Well, analytically, that would, the situation would say punt. Mm-hmm. But he had a gut mm-hmm. feeling about mm-hmm. what his team could do, and that's knowing your team and, he didn't and trusting them, and they look, responded. Make no mistake, you know, Jerome was passing the ball all over Marysville's face, too. You know, they threw for 360 yards, you know. So I think he knew we need drives and we need to bleed the clock. And mm-hmm. if we can't keep the ball, we're going to do it because if we if we give this thing back to them, you know, they had the ability to score quick. So he did it. Marysville just kept converting. Another thing that can't be overstated is Marysville didn't turn the ball over. Zero turnovers, no picks, no fumbles. And they got they – got one back. They did get an interception. Colton tipped a ball in the uh, second half, and I think Trey, it went right into Trace Hemminger's hands, and Marysville converted that into points. That was on the first Dublin's first drive of the second half with Marysville with a one-score lead. So Dublin goes down and scores. It's a tie ball game. Mm-hmm. Instead, tip ball, Marysville gets the ball, goes down, scores a touchdown. Now you're a two-score game. That's a huge momentum swing right off the bat in the second half. Well, Marysville's got another home game this week. They, yeah. Thomas Worthington's coming in, and Thomas Worthington, like Grove City, these are the best teams that Thomas Worthington or Grove City have I, had. I in looked years. it up. I looked it up. That was one of the things I, I was wanting to look up before we came in here as to <laughs> Thomas Worthington has not beaten Marysville since 2002. Um, that was the last time. That's the only time I could mm-hmm. find. Um, that's when Marysville was Division Two. It was that long ago that Marysville was Division Two. It was a home game. Um, other than that, Marysville has – they beat him. Marysville beat Thomas Worthington 21, 20, 15, 14, 13, 12, 07, 06, and 03. They beat him that many times in a row. And this year Thomas Worthington come, is coming in with a team now – it's a good thing Marysville beat Jerome. I think that sends a nice message over to Thomas Worthington. Absolutely. Because Jerome beat Thomas Worthington, yeah. I believe. Um, yeah, they beat him by three points. So, you know, Marysville's got a nice bit of momentum going here. That's a, That was a nice win. Mm-hmm. But Thomas Worthington and their fan base have to be thinking, well, this is our best shot in years yeah. to knock off Marysville. You know, it's it's – What's their record? Five and two. Five and two. Five and two. They, they've lost to Grove City by 16 and lost to Jerome. So they lost to two pretty good teams, one of which beat Marysville, but they also lost to a team that Marysville just beat. Yeah. Like I said, you know, you're looking at a two-decade drought mm-hmm. there since Thomas Worthington is, has beaten Marysville. Yeah. And look, some of those years, Marysville wasn't great. Yeah. Some of those years, Marysville had three wins, and one of them was Thomas Worthington. Yeah. So yeah. Thomas Worthington's had some bad teams. Yeah. This is really a, a five-and-two not a standout year for some schools, but man, Thomas yeah. Worthington. There were some years when Marysville won only three or four games. You always knew the two of them were going to be Grove City and mm-hmm. Thomas Grove Worthington. Grove City, Thomas Worthington, and then you sprinkled in a Westland or a Central yeah, Crossing like in there, that. and, and but, that's what uh, you had. But, you know, Marysville definitely trending the right direction. That run game and that line, offensive line, is definitely – you know, trending. I, I was looking also before we came in here. Uh, Colton now on the year is one yard shy of 700, and he has 12 touchdowns on the ground mm. and another three receiving. So he's he's at 15 touchdowns total oh, right man. now. That's money in the bank yeah. right there. And then, and then Griffin's got him in yardage. Griffin Johnson's got 817 yards rushing, six touchdowns and two through the air. So that's so eight. So you're looking at what, 23 touchdowns. Between those two guys, and there's a good chance you're going to have two thousand yard could running back. You absolutely could yeah. could have two thousand yard ground. I don't know. Has Mary Bearsville's probably at Hatfield and Baird maybe a long time ago. A long time ago, maybe, but uh, that hasn't been uh, a standard for Marysville. No, no. Now Marysville's secondary is going to have to come up big this week because because Thomas Worthington is going to throw the ball. Well, that's good news. Yeah. <laughs> every, every, the words every Marysville fan wants to hear. God. Yeah. Uh, and Brent, 
when I was talking to him on Sunday, he said Thomas Worthington's like Grove City in that they like to put the ball in the air. The difference is Thomas Worthington doesn't have that snap two tempo that Grove City mm-hmm. had. You yeah, know? Marysville did that this week. I, I don't even think I put it. They, they were, there were a lot of times I was trying to write down a play in my notebook, and they were at the line ready to snap it. I couldn't get my camera up. Like, Marysville was definitely – Running some tempo back at Dublin, Jerome. Yeah. This week, but probably not to the to the stand uh, standard that Grove City did. Grove City, when they were in their offense, that was as up tempo of an offensive I, as I've seen um, a high school team do. And uh, I would really like to see Marysville start getting some pass rush with their front, with their front guys, with their yeah. front you know four guys, as opposed to having to blitz to get it. You know, that's that's a big difference, I think, from last year's team is that quarterbacks sometimes have some time to sit back there and throw the ball. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not being hurried quite as much. So yeah. uh, that that's the one area, especially going in the playoffs, that I think would really benefit Marysville's game especially. Well, that's one thing Brent said that they're going to have to do. They're going to have to get pressure on their quarterback because they'll lull you to sleep with a few of those – jailbreak screens mm. and then all of a sudden they'll go over top and just mm. try to hit a long ball and he says we can't our secondary cannot get beat on the long balls well i'm telling you they do though i mean I know. I, anybody I'm, you know i'm not trying to yeah i know you know <laughs> i'm not trying to crap on the team but there's a lot of times you look up when the, the opposing quarterback cocks that arm way back and you go oh he's throwing it deep and you turn and the deepest guy on the field is the opposing receiver and you're like man that it seems like that happens, you know, even if they don't complete the ball, they get behind Marysville secondary, mm-hmm. you know, with, you know, I won't say regularity, but more than you want to see. And mm, yeah. nothing nothing makes the collective home stands gasp, like looking <laughs> up and seeing the other, another player, you know, the deepest man on the field. <laughs> yeah. It happens. I'm telling you, you can hear it. Well, you can hear it behind you. Oh, you know that. Oh, <laughs> you know, that quarterback. If he's throwing short, he just kind of cocks it and, and zips it. Yeah. But if you see him really load that thing back, and then everybody in the stands turns, <laughs> and they see that guy deeper, and they're like, oh, you can hear well, it. There are probably a few other words that you oh, hear along yeah. with, oh, but yeah. we won't go he into those. those out with a tuba blast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Brett said they, they've got to sustain drives this week. They've got to keep. They've, they've got, got to do no what pro- they can. That's what they do, though. Yeah. They have, they've got no problem they've, doing that. They've got to keep Worthington's offense off the field as long as they can. A couple and, turnovers, too. A couple interceptions mm-hmm. would go a long way towards yeah. reversing the field. And, and what I've liked, as far as what we've seen in the stats, Marysville has greatly decreased their penalties, penalties and turnovers, and turnovers yeah, that can, can well, I think, stop things. Well, so you know, this game against Jerome was a big growth game. They again, I keep saying that, but they're growing more. They're evolving and growing every week. Turnovers and penalties are part of that. Mm-hmm. Sustaining drives is another part, and you knock off a team. I mean. Jerome is still state ranked after this loss, and mm-hmm. I think they're still they're still number one, still number in, one in the computer the, poll. So yeah. they're still a, a good team. That's a confidence yeah. game. Marysville yeah. should go out now, knowing they can, you know, until unless they get deep, deep in the playoffs, that they can play with anybody out there, yeah. and and that goes a long way. Well, I asked Brent Sunday. I said, when the season, when the dust finally settles on the season. Don't know how long the playoff run's going to be with X amount of wins, X being an arbitrary number. Will you be able to look back at the Grove City game and maybe look at it as a pivotal game that kind of snapped the guys, got their attention, and helped them grow as a team? And he said, absolutely. He said the guys owned that game. They owned that loss, but they came back – even more determined to do what they needed to do, and well, you, if, if you look, I at think it, that that'll be the game that will people will be able to look at and say, "Hey, that maybe turned our season the timing the, around for the better." The timing the New Albany game was also good. You know, a lot of times they say in baseball, if you're going to give up a big inning, you want to give it up in the first inning, and then you have eight innings to claw back into the game mm-hmm. and and get your confidence back. If, if Marysville suffered a loss like they did to New Albany where they just really didn't get much push, it felt like they were just against a brick wall. If that happened now, 
you know, I, I think that carries over to the end of the season and in yeah. the playoffs. The fact that that happened in the first game, and it's all but forgotten right now with the way they've grown past it. It, it was fortunate that they ran into something like that right off the bat mm-hmm. and ju- then just put it behind them. Yeah. And then, you know, Grove City was another – that showed them, you know, a team that airs it out and, mm-hmm. and gives them that wrinkle that they can't duplicate in yeah. practice. And, again, I'd, I'd love to have that new Albany game back. Yeah. Now, would Marysville beat them? Maybe, maybe not. You may see it but again. But – but it wouldn't be a thirty-five nothing game like no, it was. No, no, that's seven that's, weeks ago. That's it. May be more like a twenty-one fourteen with either team that's being a, on. That's a hundred percent. The way Marysville's line has grown and Marysville's confidence has grown, and even their passing game, sprinkling that passing game in better. You know, that's that's for sure. And and you could, you never know. You could yeah. see that game. So Marysville, don't give up any big plays. In the passing game, get a couple turnovers, and we'll get be a good. couple turnovers. You'll be six and two. Bob, let's talk about the team that has the best record among the county's entries: North Union. Well, they once again uh, last week, as they they did the week before, uh, came out early uh, while not uh, scoring the the bundle of points that they did the week before. Were were very dominant in the first half. And and uh, beating Benjamin Logan, uh, forty-eight to fourteen, um, and you know they did it. They did it with their running game, um, much like Marysville did uh, in their game. And also, uh, Chad, you talked about the turnovers. Uh, North Union had six turnovers. They they got six turnovers from Benjamin Logan. So, and I think they scored. They took one for a pick six, and I think they scored two more times after a turnover. Six. So. Six turnovers. I'd have thought that score would have been worse than that. Yeah, honestly. three. Well, they had the running clock in the uh, second half, so and, and everything. But they did a uh, uh, did a really nice job running the ball. And and again, like Marysville, they sprinkled in the pass. Uh, Caden Lasser went through just five times, but for the second week in a row, that he threw five times. He completed all five passes. So 100 percent, two weeks in a row is. Uh, That'll, that'll bump up your QB rating well, quite think, a bit. I think teams like Marysville and North Union, the key for them to pass is to is to throw it when the other team's not expecting it. Yes. You don't want third and long where you drop back and they pin their ears back come after you. Then it's more difficult. It has to be sprinkled in on first and, and that's second what they, down. That's what they were able to do. So, um, so uh, uh, But as, as Nick has always told me, uh, that week is over. And now they're, they're looking on uh, to go to, to – their last three games are on the road, and uh, you know you played five of their first seven at home. Well, now they're uh, on the road three weeks in a row, starting this week with Graham, who is three and four overall and one and one in the league. North Union is two and zero oh in the league and six and one overall. And uh, I, I talked to Coach Hajar this week a little bit about you know the difference of of on Friday nights. Uh, for a home game and for a, a game you have to travel to. And he says um, the, the road games aren't that bad because when you have a home, the, the focus can get a little bit off, uh, even though the kids are still at the school. And, you know, no, and I know exactly what he's saying. And so now you get, you're on a bus. He says, he says, I wouldn't even mind if they fell asleep for a little bit on the bus. He says, I do it all the time. And uh, so he says the focus is a little bit more, you know. He's he's right. I know when I played football, if there was a home game, some coaches would make you stay at the school, and now you're trying to kill an hour or two doing nothing. Some coaches would let you go home, and maybe you go home and eat something you shouldn't have, <laughs> and you come back and you're got, you got bubble guts. <laughs> you know, if you got an away game, it's pretty much you get your stuff ready, or you're getting ready to get on the bus. You get on the bus, you listen to your radio, you listen to your pump-up music all the way down there, and you're really more in the flow of the game from the end of the school day right to game time as opposed to having to kill hours, you know, minutes or hours in there. I know exactly what he's saying. He's, he, he's uh, right. He, he says, you know, uh, you, you'd think it would be different than that, but he says he actually doesn't really mind the road game. and Even though you do have an hour or so long uh Bus ride to to where you got to go, and that's what they will have for the next three weeks because uh, they're they're an hour away. Where are they going to? They the got next? Graham, and they got uh, uh, I believe it's Northeastern, and uh, or not North. No, they played Northwestern. Uh, 
We got Urbana the last week. I do know that. Uh, I, I, Any of those places bad to play at? Like, uh, partic- like I know. I told. I didn't cover the Grove City game, but I've always said Grove City is a rough place to play. The whole the whole community turns well, out it, at Grove City. Like it's a, it's a it's a rough place to play. I just mm-hmm. didn't know if any of those places were I, that. I don't really know because I have not been to either one, to any of those places. Uh, but with Urbana being in contention for a league title with the Cazare two and zero right now, that, that that's going to be a, a they've big been hungry. Start. That town's been hungry to have a good team for a while S- too. Especially they, since they don't have a college now. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the Urbana field, I was over there a couple of years ago when Jonathan Alder played. Here's the street. There's not much parking. It's a pit, huh? It's a bowl. You're down into mm. a bowl. And um, Do they play at the university? No, no. It's at it the high well. school. <laughs> it's at the high school, huh. but it's, you know, just a little bit over from the high school, and it's down mm. in a bowl-type shape. But mm. uh, Carlton Cotner, who used to coach Fairbanks, has got a good Urbana team on his hands this this mm. year. So Northern yeah. Union's going to have to be wary of that team. But they they got to get by Graham here first of all. Yeah. So obviously, and, and uh, just don't wrestle Graham in the. Don't <laughs> no, they don't. They, well, the, they wrestling. They won't have a chance. But <laughs> football, they might. Um, Big, big uh, for the second week in a row, the the top offensive player is a quarterback, um, Eli Hollingsworth. Uh, I believe is a senior. This is his second year of leading Graham at the quarterback spot. Uh, he's thrown for over thirteen hundred yards so far. Uh, completed sixty percent of his passes and uh, has fifteen touchdowns, but he does have eight picks. So um, they and he also. Uh, uh, has rushed for 348 yards with four more touchdowns. So Nick said, "That's the guy you're going to have to uh, to key on." And and they uh, uh, have looked at a lot of film on him. And you know that's the uh, the the thing that they uh, need to work out and, and do. And it's and, so nice that you guys as leagues keep league stats. I see you guys looking every week at at stats that are uniform for the whole league. And I'm like, the OCC is one of the best leagues in the state. And doesn't, to my knowledge, I've never seen it, doesn't have something like that. I would love if they have that. They they do have a website, but I'll tell you what. um, They've only put in, like, results for the first week. And they put Marysville as a win in week one. Um, so I guess. Good, 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 good sign. That tells you a whole lot. Last year. Well, and, and, and again, like, the standings just. I, for like a website that they kind of, I don't, I don't really think there was any like major announcement. It was just sent to me via email, but it was like, yeah, they keep nothing on. There. I, I look over every week at you guys with those printed out stat sheets, clearly from the. And you're envious, aren't you? Man, like I would love to know how many interceptions Thomas Worthington's quarterback has. On the, the CBC and the OHC websites are invaluable, yeah. I and mean, they're just, and not just for football. They do it for every sport, and it's it's very. Very good as far as gaining information. Um, Nick sort of mentioned, too, that, you know, when it comes to the end of the season, you know, whether it be baseball or basketball or NFL or anything like that, the uh, uh, with football, it's October. He says you want to be at your best in October. And, you know, heading, so with, with three more weeks to go, uh, you know, and like I say, they're on the road, and, and he says each one – Provides a, a different challenge each week, so the old uh, the old line one week at a time. You know, when you're on the road like this, uh, you have to uh, keep that in mind and, and don't don't look too far ahead. North Union, they sound, and I think we all thought coming into the year that they were going to be the best team we had that we covered and our best kind of playoff run shot. The only thing that worries me is that we talked about it last year with, when they had that loss to. Alder, and then it happened again this year. And I just, when they get pushed, when they are pushed back on. But the so, loss this year was much different than the one yeah, last year. Yeah. They were in the game at the end, and it mm-hmm. just, you know. I would like uh, to see them win a close game. Like, they haven't had had a they, close win. They have win. not had a close game. I would game, like to true. see them have a win they have to fight for to take. Before they go into the playoffs, I don't know if there's one out there. But Urbana I would probably. Like, I would, Urbana, yeah, maybe. Urbana would be the one that I would they, think. They need, they need one where in the fourth quarter it's in question and they need to seal it. They, mm. they need to – I want to see them 
scrap for one, the, claw the, for one. The last three weeks they've had running clock in the fourth quarter. I know. So. See, and you only learn so much from that. You only yeah. learn that you were you out athleted the other team early, and you know you you really want to test that grit at some point because look, you're going to get it in the playoffs at some point. You're not going to steamroll everybody in the playoffs so that you want to learn how to win, learn how to win close ones. One thing I will say, and this was something that I heard Friday night, so it's it's this is a grapevine type thing. Uh, I guess Ben Logan was chirping a little bit on social media. I think everybody does. And, <laughs> I think and every I, team does that to every yeah, other team. And so that the Yay, you know, Nick wouldn't media. say one way or the other, but uh, what's Ben uh, Logan's record? Uh, they. Or two and five. Well, what the hell are they chirping? Well, then I, I'm going to get to the, the second part of this <laughs> with, the, with the media thing. Uh, they're trailing, uh, let's see, it is uh, 30, 34 to 7. They're trailing. Chirp. Chirp. Crickets chirping. They, the kids scored a 72-yard touchdown pass. Oh, boy. About the five-yard line, five-yard line, he points. Who scored it? Uh, ben Logan? Yeah. They the, taunt, he, 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 he strutted. He, 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 strutted. Pointed, he pointed at a North Union kid <laughs> as, he's, as he's going into the end zone. Oh, man. Congratulations. Situational awareness. Right, right in front of the referee. Now, this happened at the five-yard line, so my first thought was. He thought he was in the end zone? No, that, that, that he's going to lose a touchdown. No. Right. Well, I found out that in high school that that's not the rule. Only in college is where if oh, you, if you taunt. Yeah, if you taunt somebody before you go into the end zone. The penalty is from where you made the taunt. I didn't no, care about you the lose penalty. A touchdown. That's just stupidity. And, but it is, yeah. A, that just sort of, you know. Uh, they do it in the pros, though, too. Yeah. You know, some teams are 14 and, I saw, nothing and get the And I saw and that, and I thought, like, oh, my gosh. Just, Good for you. You're only 20 points yeah. behind now. Yeah. yeah. Point yeah. the and, finger. And then okay. Norton came right back and scored a touchdown. So, you know. <laughs> What good did that do? That's what uh, finger did he point with? Oh, he went. He went with. He, he, oh, it was. It was a forefinger. It uh, was not. It was not a bad finger. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it just was, wanted to make sure. But so yeah. yeah, no, I I would tend to agree with you, Chad. You 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 want to see a little bit of a, a push to see what happens, uh, but yeah. but. I guess until that comes along, you just have to hope that. I mean, uh, it's hard to manufacture it. Oh, you know, you can't manufacture it, but it would be nice to see. It would. It would be a good. I think it would be a good thing for. But if Urbana does it in the regular season finale and North Union wins, Mm -hmm. that'll give them some extra steam going into the playoffs. And um, so, and you were talking before the momentum thing. You uh, the loss having early. um, North Union's loss. While was bad, uh, it wasn't a league loss, so and it didn't really hurt. And and I'd much rather be in Marysville's position with a loss in the first week than Fairbanks's position with oh, a, with yeah. a loss in week seven. Yeah, yeah. going into a a, a gone of the thing. Yeah, out. So, yeah. Um, absolutely. Timing is always very important uh, in where you are in the season and and. What team can bounce back? Well, I think back even up. for Fairbanks or, or uh, Triad. Right. You know, Triad's got some tough games ahead, but they got to feel great about themselves right now. Well, I mean, that's weird to say based they, on their record. If but they don't, something's wrong. I mean, they if, if I'm not it. mistaken, since their loss to North Union, which they weren't in that game very much, mm-hmm. they, they really have been very, very competitive Absolutely. since mm-hmm. then. So, again, that's that may be you, a, you know, you don't have those, you know, moral victories. Yeah. But, you know, Springfield Catholic Central and yeah. – and, uh, Mechanicsburg, yeah, they they were fighting, and yeah. I think that was pre Luke Bryan Mechanicsburg, wasn't it? Uh, yes, that was yeah, pre. So they yeah. were so uh, they were fighting, but you know it does more mm-hmm. that doesn't show up on the yeah. on the stat sheet. So, but now you know this went over yeah. Fairbanks, and the North right. Union game for Triad was what second week of the season? second week of the season. Yes. Okay, Triad is a completely different. They are oh, team yeah. six mm-hmm. weeks than they were six weeks ago. So. Well, let's talk a little bit about a team that at times have scratched our heads out. on. Um, Jonathan Holder. There's there's no scratching your head on this game, though. Yeah, okay. Uh, I was actually watching a boat race, um, oddly enough, but uh, the final score amounted to 49-16, Jonathan Alder winning. Um, over? Over Kenton Ridge. Um, Kenton Ridge, uh, you know, I guess we'll just start with kind of how the scoring went down. Uh, Jonathan Alder uh, 
makes a turnover happen in the first quarter, results in a short yardage, uh, four-yard run by Cam Jewell, his first of the night. He ended with seven touchdowns total, um, one by a kickoff return. It was an 88-yard kickoff return, but that was later in the game. Um, the first quarter, I mean, Kenton Ridge was giving uh, Jonathan Alder a run for their money. It was their homecoming, I should add, uh, one of three that we had Friday night. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that Kenton Ridge uh, took advantage of was um, running to the edge uh, on Jonathan Alder's defense, something that when I talked to uh, Nate Snedeker about after the game, he said that they probably watched the London tape <laughs> and and <laughs> noticed that uh, London was getting a lot of yards that way. So, um, I mean, they were running the ball well for the most part, um, you know, but the first quarter only amounted to Jonathan Alder getting ahead by seven points. Um, the second quarter was when things really exploded for both sides. Kenton Ridge got two touchdowns. One um, was uh, credited to Jam- Jamil Miller, which I don't know if he's related to, but I know that Braxton Miller follows him on Instagram, and I was told through the grapevine that he's related to Braxton Miller, just a fun fact, I guess. Um, but he got a 42-yard pass uh, from Brady King um, in the second quarter, and uh, there was another run that they had, um, and also a field goal uh, in the second quarter. So they got 16 points out of that uh, time frame. But Jonathan Alder uh, matched and overcame that with 21 points of their own. Um, all of all of those touchdowns, of course, being credited to uh, Cam Jewell. Um, and then the third quarter was, you know, all for Jonathan Alder, really. I mean, Cam Jewell scored 21 points again. Well, helped score 21 points again. 42 points in the middle quarters, huh? In yeah, the second and third. Exactly, yeah, Whew. second and third. Um, and then the fourth quarter, uh, well, I should I should also add in the third quarter that um, Kenton Ridge did not score. Fourth quarter, no one scored because it was just basically backups for J.A. at that point. Um, but Cam Jewell, I mean, 17 carries, 373 yards, uh, six touchdowns on the ground. His longest run of the night was a 95-yard run to the house. We had some big performances by running backs this past I mean, past Colton week. Power set Marysville's single-game record, and <laughs> J.A. had a kid do seven. And Here's your nice six touchdowns. Uh, of course, adding to his six touchdowns on the ground on offense, he, of course, had that 88-90 yard uh, house call um, in the uh, third quarter as well. Um, their defense showed up, too. I mean, Hank Shoemaker and Ty Moore uh, committed two forced fumbles, one for each. Um, Caleb Miller got a fumble recovery. Um, and Mason Curtis got an interception. So uh, defense was out there making moves, uh, taking names, and kicking butt, I guess you could you would say. Um, senior Mason Wolford uh, led the team in tackles with three solo, 11 total. Uh, one tackle for a loss. Three solo led the team in tackles. Yeah. yeah. Well, eleven total. Eleven to. Oh, yeah. I got you. Eleven I got you. A bunch of assists. Um, and um, I should also add that he committed to play a Division One college lacrosse at Canisius. Uh, so there you go. Time might drop in. And got a B on his math test on Thursday. <laughs> on his math test. Still, um, hasn't passed, still hasn't passed his driving he test yet, but he's going to get it. I was also rooting for him to get homecoming king, but he did not get that, <laughs> sadly. Um, but uh, with the performance, um, Cam Jewell is now the leading rusher in the CBC with 1,063 yards. Um, he also leads the CBC in uh, total yards with uh, 1,276. He's averaging uh, 212.7 yards per game. Um, and I guess the test for this week, they have quite a mighty one. Um, What's Jay's record? Uh, they are 5-2, five and two, I believe. Five and two. Let me see here. Their yes. two losses were to... Yeah, five and two. Yeah. Carroll and London. Yes. Ugly though. Yeah, they were both they will wide be, margins. They will be visiting Bell Fountain, who is six and one overall. Bell Fountain's good this year. Two and zero oh, uh, in the conference. Um, and they, they have a Division One quarterback. I was about to Bell say. Bell Fountain does. I heard that. I was about to say. So, uh, Bell Fountain's last game was against Shawnee. Uh, they ended that game fifty-three uh, to thirty-two. Bell Fountain winning. Um, and this kid, Tavian St. Clair, uh, he's six foot three, 190 pounds. He has offers from Toledo, Ball State, Florida, Pitt, Tennessee, and Central Michigan. 
in the last game, he threw for 412 yards and had seven touchdowns. So that's um, some serious offers right there. So I mean, yeah, especially when you're getting offers from SEC schools. Um, does he does he run the ball? Is he so? Is I he guess straight. From, I guess from the last game, sounded like a lot of running offenses like their quarterbacks to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I. Uh, so that's why I wondered if he was a more of a drop back passer guess, or a I run guess, and shoot guy. I guess I don't have that yeah. uh, stat line with me, but that would be interesting to see mm-hmm. if, if if he does tuck it and run. What's he, thr- what's he thrown for? Do you know any of his stats? Uh, so he leads. Uh, he obviously leads the CBC with fifteen hundred and fifteen yards through the air. Um, and his, I, and I'm assuming this is his. Doesn't have much time to run if he's throwing for over 300 yards a game. You know so. that that's yeah. Well, with that being said, his favorite receiver, C.J. Wilson, has 643 yards, uh, leads the CBC as well. Um, After seven games, wow! So. I think that I think that set Marysville's career receiving. <laughs> so they have they have quite a task on their hands. Um, the only interception, you know, that I saw, well, the only interception that happened last Friday, Mason Curtis had was kind of an errant throw, uh, kind of fell right into the bread basket, kind of in the right place at the right time, kind of deal. But you know, I don't think um, I don't think they should. I mean, obviously, they shouldn't take this quarterback lightly. Uh, it's it's going to be <laughs> or the six and one record. I mean, Belton's <laughs> real deal this year. It's going to be it's going to be a test for their defensive backs. Um, haven't talked to Nate yet about the game moving forward. Uh, we're, we are recording this Tuesday. I talk to him usually Tuesday evenings. But um, you know, I th- I think if if I could imagine what he's going to say to me is that, yep, they realize what they're going up against. They're going to be on the road. Um, so they're going into hostile territory. I think the main focus should be just doing assignment football and keeping your man in your crosshairs. Who did Bell Fountain lose to? Do you know? I do not know. I don't have that piece with me. But I can... I'd be studying that game film. Yeah. Exactly. My, if I had to guess, it would be somebody that got a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't. how does Alder do at that? Do they get good – Upfield rush, or I mean, yeah, I mean, for the most part, yes, they do. Um, Ty, Ty Moore, uh, he's been in several, in, in like several, I guess, uh, group tackles, um, and he and he has been known to get in the backfield pretty quickly. Uh, there've been a few times where I feel like he's just a hair behind, um, but I feel like if if you're if you're asking, you know, what they're better at, I think their run defense, yeah, from a defensive line standpoint. Well, you don't want to if a kid's that good, you don't want to have to blitz him to get pressure because if he's got poise, he'll pick you apart. If yeah. You Let's him. Yeah. I mean, well, I saw him uh, early or in, in preseason. Uh, they had a seven on seven at Marysville, and Bell Fountain was at that uh, seven on seven. I was there watching it, and uh, he, you know, he definitely. Did he play Marysville? Yeah, they played Marysville. <laughs> Did his arm get tired? <laughs> <laughs> they were they were icing him down after yeah, he's like, like oh, a, my god, I throw deep every time. Like a fastball pitcher, get that wrap that ice on that. I elbow. couldn't believe it. I heard the crowd go, ooh, and I looked up, and our guy was deep. <laughs> well, I just saw that the, the the size, you know, is you know, is six three when say hundred and eighty. Uh he's gonna be bigger when he goes into college as far as weight wise, but he showed a lot of arm strength, and I mean, uh, but what can you see with shorts and t-shirts is a, you know a little bit hard, but you can still you see, see his mechanics. You can see his mechanics, yeah. and you know he has a very good, good uh, zip on, huh? Uh, put a you know good good throw on the ball. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, this will be definitely a, a change of pace because um, I I mean I can't remember throughout the season, but I don't know if Jonathan Alder's ever really faced a dominant passer like this before. Um, you don't. So. I mean, Bell Fountain's not small, but the reason you don't a lot of times you don't see that in lower divisions in Ohio is because with open enrollment, dang good quarterbacks keep going up. Yeah, you know they open enroll to somewhere bigger where they think they can get more eyeballs on. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, Marysville. I can't remember the kid's name, but they had a prospect coming up as he was a freshman. Remember that kid was like six foot five, and yeah. before he ever took a, he was going to be a sophomore, start as a sophomore. Except before he ever took a snap, he opened and rolled to Dublin Kaufman and sat the bench two years and then started his senior year. Yeah. But they want to go, they want to go where they think they can get more eyeballs or have better receivers or whatever. So a lot of times, you know, smaller schools. Not that Bell Fountain's tiny, tiny, but that's why you never see like yeah. six five gunslingers. Yeah. You know, out there playing against Triad a lot of times because those kids end up opening and rolling and going somewhere bigger. Well, I mean, with that being said, he's. 
I guess you could say that he is turning a lot of heads. No, he's, um, they found him. Yeah, he's got some yeah, offers. They found yeah. him. So I mean, I, I I do I do say that when when you are because I've I've faced you know guys with similar accolades you know Division One offers not huge Division One offers like that but like you know guys who you can definitely tell are Division One talents. You can't let that stuff get to your head. It's it's uh you know they're just as committed to the game as you are um he hasn't accepted anything though right no there's, there's so he's no sometimes when guys accept an offer early that second half of their senior year they can cakewalk a little bit and they don't because they don't have to necessarily mm-hmm. impress but mm-hmm. if he's still if he's still taking offers and making his decision he's still going to want to mm-hmm. put up some numbers if he can well exactly and and i don't think you know i think nate wants to continue uh improving from here on out you know this has been the second time this season where they lose a game, bounce back next week, lose a game, bounce back again. <laughs> so it's <laughs> that's why it's, it's like it's, it's uh, like what are we what are we doing it's here? Like, it's <laughs> like the Dow Jones. It's like a up and down, up and down. But so I guess you know the the key to this week is just going to be consistency from the way I see it. Um, and and I think you know Jonathan Alder has a good chance of. You know, making it happen. Be a huge win. Be so, a huge win for them, yep. especially rolling into the playoffs. Yeah, they're twelfth in their region eleven of D three, and a win over Bell Fountain would boost them up. I would mm-hmm. say a good three places. I could stick them in contention for a home game. Yeah, it could. Yeah, uh, so then uh, Alders like Triad and Fairbanks is that they've got three stout opponents their last three weeks after they go to Bell Fountain on Friday. They're home against. Tecumseh, who's four and three, that's that's a winnable, winnable. game, and then they uh, finish the regular season by going to Springfield Shawnee, which is five and two. Mm-hmm. So no slouches. No, no. Fairbanks, Triad, Jonathan Alder, they've got some tough tough teams down the stretch here. But uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess with all of that, uh, my player of the game, players of the game would be credited to the offensive line. Um, because you can't get 373 yards just by, um, <laughs> just by running yeah. straight into the teeth of a defense. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I asked Nate, you know, just to comment on Cam Jewell's performance, he said, you know, we got to give credit to our offensive line, and um, you know, we uh, he communicated that he always preaches give give him four yards and he'll get ten for us. Mm-hmm. So, and Cam's definitely, I would put. Um, I would put Austin Mitchell in that same category. Well, you, you give him some space. Yeah, it would be yeah, it would be easy to name Cam Jewell and Austin Mitchell players of the of the game. Right. We've done that before, so I'm I'm going to follow your lead. The triad offensive line of Michael Warner, Kyle Wal- Walborn, Thomas Ford, Joe Graham, and Ty Thomas. You are Triad's players of the game this week. Yeah, well, I'm a coward. Who's Mary's? I'm going to make it Colton Powers. I'm not, you know, you're not going to break a guy's record from 1930 and and not get player of the game for me. So, you know, six touchdowns and 175 yards, you know, I'm going to, and, you know, and look, the the sheer fact of it is Colton Powers is probably going to be first, second, third team all state on defense. Yeah, he's not an offensive specialist. No, he, he would probably prefer not to have to play much offense. But he scored six touchdowns, 175 yards, and you know, it, it feel bad for Griffin Johnson with 200, <laughs> yeah. 200 combined yeah. and a touch. But but look, Colton Colton's name's in the record books at Marysville. Marysville's a big school, and yeah. you know, I numbers think, don't lie. Yeah, they sure don't. Bob, your player of the game um, for North Union. May not seem like a big play at the time, but North Union was only up fourteen to nothing, and Landon Converse uh, picked off a pass and made a pick six out of it. Uh, that gave him a twenty-one, or actually, I think it was twenty nothing because they mixed extra point. But and and that that play seemed to uh, okay, we're not going to beat North Union tonight. I mean, that seemed to take a little bit, of, even though the one kid pointed at the <laughs> North Union capture a touchdown. But anyway, uh, so he's my he's my player of the week for uh, uh, North Union. Okay. Tim, you you had uh, two local teams. Do you get one for Fairbanks or? Uh, <laughs> hey, I mean, you're supposed to. Yeah. I would probably go with quarterback AJ Lane, and he 
he did a nice job of directing them in between the 30s, but you know mm. they just couldn't they couldn't get into the end zone like they needed to. So AJ Landon of Fairbanks is okay. my player of the game. All right, three weeks left. Well, well, four. Three. There'll be playoffs, but yeah, three regular season. Three regular left. season. I think we've got. Gone we've fast. got two. We've got three teams kind of trending up. I think Marysville, North Union, and Triad are trending up. I think we don't know what we've got in in Alder. <laughs> I mean, they're That's so up and screw, so yeah. up and down. That's and then I, I, I honestly think Fairbanks is trending the wrong way yeah. right now. But I, I would I would love to see Fairbanks reverse their current they're, course. But they're you, you know, know as bad they, as it is to see three tough teams to close out the year, there are computer points out there available. They if are they would there happen to, be to catch had, lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And, and pull off a couple of big wins, they yeah. could they could get the computer points they need. And I'd love to see it happen. It's it's going to be tough sledding, but it, it's definitely doable. All right. Well, that's going to be the show for this week. Thank you guys for all the good information. And thanks to our sponsor, Axiolan Energia, uh, for sponsoring the podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure and subscribe to the show. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places where podcasts are available. So be sure to tune into the show next week, and we'll see you on Thursday.